Enter Merlin, but beware, do not interrupt his magic. Dale.
hi and welcome to everybody that's listening to Cauldron FM and this is our special Samhain show with me, The Merlin. And let's just start by setting the scene. So first of all, Samhain, the last harvest. The earth nods a sad farewell to the god. We know that he will once again be reborn of the goddess and the cycle will continue. This is the time of reflection, the time to honour the ancients who have gone on before us, and the time of seeing, or divination. As we contemplate the wheel of the year, we come to recognise our own part in the eternal cycle of life. Mystical. Magical. Merlin. And the next piece in uh, our Samhain show is something called The Path to Avalon, An Inner Journey for Samhain. And this was written by somebody called Cariad. And uh, she wrote it back in 2008, or I presume it's a female anyway. So it goes like this. As many of us know, Samhain is a time of introspection and self-examination. At this time of year, the path to Avalon takes on a particular resonance through the shared themes of transformation, regeneration and inspiration. I have been drawn to the Avalonian tradition for some time and am fortunate enough to live near Glastonbury, which has been a place of pilgrimage for me for many years. Glastonbury is widely believed to be the physical world representation of Avalon, a portal to a place of many names, the Isle of Women, the Isle of the Dead. It is also a gateway to Anwen, the other world of Welsh mythology, a place where two realities coexist side by side, and where the energies of Avalon permeate the landscape and touch those who visit there. Glastonbury, and all that is associated with it, therefore, especially relevant to this time of year and the festival of Samhain. The themes of thresholds to be faced and traversed and of regenerating yourself for the year to come through inner transformation are inextricably woven into both. Glastonbury is a place where the veil between worlds is thinner, where the doorway to the other world is left ajar. In much the same way, Samhain tells us that we must face our inner nature and reconcile both visible and invisible realities. Innis Avalon, or the Isle of Apples as it is known to the Welsh, can be journeyed to as part of your Caelan Gaeth celebrations, both as an outer pilgrimage to Glastonbury or as a journey to your inner self in a quest for inspiration and guidance. Ceridwyn, in particular, is a goddess who may be called on to light the way to Avalon as the keeper of the cauldron governing rebirth, transformation and the knowledge and inspiration of Arwen, or divine inspiration. Avalon as a concept exists both as a place within ourselves, as well as in the hidden realms or other world. It is very real in that what it embodies is real. It represents real goals on a personal, spiritual level, and also lessons and ideals that need to be applied to our communities in a wider sense. I think that Avalon can teach us self-knowledge, a truer connection with the world 
and those around us and an insight into that which is hidden within us. Our intuition, our connection to the divine and an understanding of this life and the next are all subjects that can be explored through walking the path to Avalon. Avalon is a concept that enables and encourages us to become empowered in the truest sense of the word. Another theme, I believe, that should be reflected upon at the time of Samhain, simply put to me, empowerment means being your own person. It means believing, owning and accepting your own power and being true to yourself. In this we need to travel within ourselves and ask Keridwin to help us to achieve a state of knowing. In this knowing we can discover and thus better remain in step with our true natures. Being empowered means owning your own power rather than putting it in the hands of someone else. Instead of conforming to what society or other individual sees as being your role or your limitations, it means understanding and accepting who you are as an individual and being true to what it that entails. This can mean having the inclination and courage to try and learn something new, even if others say you can't do it, or that's, it's just not you. It means following what your heart and soul tells you and being at home and happy in following your own personal path. Being empowered also means being strong. It means being strong enough to stand up for yourself and being truly self-aware and being able to accept and see all your qualities, good and not so good. This empowerment means having more meaningful and honest relationships with those around you. Empowerment also means having confidence in yourself, your intuition and your thoughts and feelings about situations and the surrounding world. Therefore, being empowered ultimately means having the power to truly follow your heart and mind and your path through life. The Sisterhood of Avalon has a motto, Remembering, Reclaiming, Renewing, which I think is pertinent to every single one of us and each part of it can indeed be related to ourselves. It is a way to achieving empowerment as individuals and as part of the wider community. To me, remembering, reclaiming, renewing are stages in the quest to transform ourselves and as such are steps on the road to Avalon. Remembering means to remember our true selves. The motto asks us to remember our true nature and where we have come from. Also to remember our spiritual history and the lessons our ancestors and those who have walked the path to Avalon before us would give us. If, as I believe, we are all connected and part of the history of the universe, it can also mean to remember that connection to everything we have within ourselves and thus the wealth of the knowledge is available to us. Reclaiming means to take this knowledge that was perhaps hidden or forgotten and reclaim as part of it, as being part of ourselves. To take what we discovered in the remembering part of the motto and integrate it and apply it to our daily lives and perceptions of the world around us. It means reclaiming the path to Avalon and the path of the goddess as being vitally relevant in our lives and societies today. This then brings us to renewing. 
through remembering and reclaiming when we then renew ourselves in our own eyes and in the eyes of the goddess. This acceptance of our true selves leads to our own personal transformation and allows us to grow further whilst following our chosen path. On a larger scale, renewing ourselves will in turn renew society as a whole and hopefully allow there to be a greater balance between the feminine and the masculine and therefore a greater harmony in the world. This in essence can be seen as the message of Samhain and the purpose and ultimate aim of walking the path to Avalon. Cariad. So I think that's a brilliant, brilliant piece of writing there. And uh, I use that with the greatest of respect and acknowledgement to Cariad. So now we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to look at a piece written by Cerberus Bindweed from 2009. So enjoy the next piece of music and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Bye now.
Well, hi, and welcome back to this, the next part of our Samhain show. And for those of you that are not aware, we've just been joined in a little bit of filmmaking as well, so we're, who knows what that's going to bring. Anyway, to move on swiftly, uh, Cerberus Brian Bindweed. In 2009, he wrote this piece about Samhain. Samhain is also known as Shadowfest in Strega and Old Hallowmas in the old Scottish traditions. It is an old Irish word that translates to summer's end. Samhain is the last of the old Gallic and Brythonic festivals and the second oldest European, unbroken 6,000-year-old holiday celebrating the end of the waxing half of the year, spring and summer months, and preparing for the waning half of the year, the autumn and winter months with some aspects of the festival of the dead that is found in many cultures and religions, including Christianity. Samhain influenced the Christian religion, producing the Catholic Spirit Day, where followers of the Church of Christ would light vigils and honour their deceased loved ones, a practice that is found in Samhain traditions. In fact, the Christian Spirit Days fall very closely to the dates of Samhain. Samhain is held on the 1st of November each year in the Northern Hemisphere, according to various sources, and it was on this date that the old Irish royalists would come together in Tara to hold a festival in honour of summer's ending. Another date that Samhain may be celebrated is on the actual cross-quarter day, when the sun is in 15 degrees Scorpio just after sunset. The timing of this festival is associated with the old Scottish holiday Old Hallamus. Samhain became the premier festival celebrated during medieval Ireland, running for three consecutive days with great bonfires, starting with the lightings of the fires at the Hill of Tara, a sign to the people gathered around to light their own smaller fires, announcing that Samhain had started. The bonfire is one of the most important aspects of the festival. Not only does it represent the sun, and thus the waxing half of the year slowly dying, but it also was a symbol and tool used to connect the village people together through the tradition of having no lit fires within the home. The villagers would gather some fire from the bonfire to light their torches and fires within the home, and thus connecting the villagers together. As one of the most important of the festivals in the Gallic and Brythonic cultures, Samhain marked the time when the farmers and villagers would prepare for the waning months by gathering the harvests that they have produced that year, the seeds, the grains, the animals, etc., in order to survive the autumn and winter months. This custom is still practiced today by farmers. It is also a time of reflection, looking over what has been accomplished over the past year and understanding the knowledge, wisdom and skills that have been gifted to us as the result of hard work and sacrifices that have been made in the past year. In Wicca, Samhain is one of the major and favourites of the eight sacred holidays, known as Sabbats, and celebrated by its practitioners. This festival is considered to be the most important of them all, and it is often celebrated on the 31st of October in the Northern Hemisphere, or on April the 30th in the Southern Hemisphere. Wiccans honour their dead ancestors on this night 
believing that a black veil that separates the realm of the living and the realm of the dead has thinned, and thus communication with the dearly departed is at its easiest, and that departed may enter the realm of the living for the night to pass on messages to the living people. It is also a time when Wiccans believe that the earth is grieving the departure of the god who is going into slumber. Divination is heavily practised on this day, especially with the use of spirit boards, scrying tools and runes. There are many traditions and folklore associated with this festival that is still celebrated to this very day. One of them having already been mentioned, the lighting of the bonfires. Jack-o'-lanterns were carved out of pumpkins and squashes with candles placed inside to ward off evil spirits, goblins and creatures that come out of this night. Those that do come out are usually intending to do harm. Black candles are lit to ward off negativity. Apples and corn are placed around the home to represent nurturing, nourishment and abundance with the harvest gathered. Then he says, I first performed and experienced a Samhain ritual the first year I discovered Wicca and wanted to pursue my studies in it. It was the night of a full moon and I was at the cemetery where my grandmother was buried. I lit various black candles, had Lady of the Nights in flower pots with homemade incense burning, soul cookies and apple cider. I wore all black and cast the magic circle, calling the elements using a fallen branch found in the graveyard. I called on my ancestors and meditated on those I was fortunate to have known and asked them to share with me their stories. I felt the presence of many of my ancestors there with me, feeling a care, feeling a cares on my mind that had a personality to it. I had never met before, yet felt safe and familiar. After talking with my ancestors, I made an oath that dedicated myself to the craft, my ancestors, and the goddess Hecate, my patron deity. I raised energy that nearly overwhelmed me by beating the ground while chanting in ancient Greek my ancestral language. At the peak of the cone of power, I threw my hands out in the air, looked at the moon and howled like a wolf. The energy was so potent that it extinguished the candle I lit and dropped the heavy vase of flowers to the ground. After grounding myself, I blessed the cider and soul cookies, ate and drank a bit, and left the rest at a crossroads in the cemetery. I thanked deity, ancestors, the watchtowers, and called my circle back. I collected some graveyard dirt and brought with me the graveyard branch that I still have on my altar this day to remember the event by. My second time celebrating Samhain was at a local occult source store run by two of Australia's famous Wiccans, Selene and Hawthorne. It was my first experience with a group, and I enjoyed it thoroughly, feeling the mixed energies for the first time weeping with others as we shared stories of our departed ancestors, etc. Samhain is celebrated differently each year with me, as I am always changing rituals, ideas, decorations, etc. This year with my coven, 
we did a play that I wrote about the descent of the goddess Persephone to join her husband Hades in truly Hellenic manner. Samhain is a time when I honour and remember my ancestors, a time where I reaffirm my oath and dedication to the old ways, and most importantly, a time when I gather and focus on what I have been given in life, accepting the fact that death is part of life. And to quote Albus Dumbledore in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter's books, death is just the next great adventure. So that brings us to the end of Cerberus Bindweed's piece on Sowem. And we have one more to go after the next break. So hurry back soon. Bye. Hey, Raven Moonshadow here. Dropping in to let each of you know you can now find me on Facebook. Catch up with the latest goings-on of Raven, read reviews I've posted, listen to previously aired shows, get links to books, music, and general information, find items I've handcrafted, or even just drop me a note. So if you have the time, drop by my page, give it a like. To find me, just log on to www.facebook.com slash ravenmoonshadow.hps. Blessed be. Delphine, a trained therapist, offers Reiki, massage and tarot readings in the comfort of your own home. Readings can also be provided by email. To contact Delphine, please call 07582 459 667 or email delphinesutherland at hotmail.co.uk. For legal reasons, tarot readings are provided for entertainment purposes only. Hi, I'm the Merlin from Colton FM, and I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce this collaboration between Remy Alt's project and Sarah Angel. Fate has brought them together, and now they produce the sound of magic. Sarah Angel is a spiritual female singer and magical lyrical composer. Remy Alt's project is a passionate French progressive music composer and is known by his beautiful previous albums. Together they take you on a dreamy journey where you can escape from reality and discover my mystical worlds. Once upon a time, a beautiful little unicorn was born with the name Kareza. The little one had a golden horn. It was said that when Kareza touched you with her golden horn, you would be transformed and feel the pure love and innocence she has in her. But as always, there are some who don't want that to happen, like the fallen angel who took the unicorn into the mystic land of Reza. We asked the angels to guide us and they decided to help us to overcome the shadows of evil. As we approached this strange and cold forest, there was a fox so thick it was covering the trees, and only wolves could find their way in it. We saw strange shapes and figures curved over the frightened and cowering unicorn. We rescued her and escaped from these creatures. After a long walk, a beautiful star appeared before us. Finally, we entered into a magical world full of greenery. At last, we were safe, for now. 
As we entered into this world, we were amazed by everything we saw and the peace that we felt. All the tall trees with their glittering branches, so amazingly beautiful, so was saved. She was back in her land, spreading her love and innocence over the world to help us humans to overcome darkness and hatred. 
that is what our purpose in life is, helping us to see the bigger picture. And so the story ends, although there never is an end, there is only the beginning. Cauldron FM, the sound of magic. Well, hi again and welcome back. Uh, just been having a quick slurp of coffee and talking to our video watchers. Um, and just saying that the um, this next section is um, the final piece that I'm going to be doing about Sawim. And it's by a, by a lady called Grey Lady. And this dates from 2009. And uh, it's called Learning to Release. So here we go. This is what she says. Samhain is felt by most witches to be an especially sacred time of the year. There is something in the air that suddenly makes us crave witchy activities and the company of like-minded people. It's easy to attribute this to being cultural indoctrination to believe that witches and pumpkins go together like peanut butter and jelly. We are taught from an early age that Halloween is one is the only time that witches roam free. So it's natural that our psyche would feel a deep connection to this time of year. But perhaps there's more to it than that. Our witchy ancestors may have also held an affinity for the energies at this time. Much like the question of the chicken and the egg. It may have been their yearly activities that gave rise to the witch being a common symbol of late October. Seeing as modern witches feel a palpable change at this time of year, it really doesn't matter which came first, only that we recognise and respond to the energies that arise around us. The main theme of Halloween is once again moving away from costumed children eating candy to embrace its much more macabre nature. Our subconscious is craving a modernised rendition of the Knights of All Hallows' Eve where people believed the dead could roam the earth. But instead of old superstitions, our scientific minds spend millions of entertainment dollars to be scared out of our wits by ghosts and ghouls. It seems like no matter how much we indulge our brains in costumes and haunted houses, we end up still feeling spiritually unfilled, unfulfilled as well. In order to nurture our spiritual centre during Samhain, we must ask ourselves, what is it that we are craving? What subconscious yearnings drive a whole society to want to wear fangs and scare the heck out of their friends? And why do I feel like that should be holy and sacred? As the Celtic New Year, Samhain represents the the, the end of the last year. But as the last year ends it does not yet actually start the year. We tend to think of Samhain in terms of the secular New Year on January the 1st, where we all make resolutions and start new projects. But the energy of the sun doesn't actually match. Samhain is the start of the in-between of the old year dying away and the incubating new year being birthed at the Yule. This time in between years can be likened to the time in between lives, a time of reflection and exploration before committing to the coming year. This special holiday is poised right at the cusp of two very important concepts, death and renewal. 
the subconscious craving that our psyche yearns for can be found in the psychological impact of these two ideas. As mortals, whether we are aware of it or not, we deal with the concept of death on a daily basis. Western culture is lacking when it comes to dealing with death. Dead bodies are painted to look alive, and only specially trained people ever get to regularly be around the dying process. Generally speaking, families encourage each other not to talk about it. Even in life-threatening diseases, our culture culture usually offers non-comforting words like we don't need to talk about that yet or that's not going to happen for a long time. Family and friends of people in hospice will sit and talk about everything but death for fear of upsetting someone. But in reality, what we do by not talking is to repress the fear and leave the subconscious to play out the emotion in isolation. One of the many treasures that modern psychology has brought to witchcraft is the understanding that the subconscious affects us more than we are ever aware of. As our fear of death rides the ups and downs on of our emotions in the shadows, we begin to desire experiences and ideas that bring us closer to the mystery of death. As if answering a prayer built right into the wheel of the year, we find a secular holiday that gives society at large a chance to play out and toy with these ideas that we are encouraged to keep silent. Only on Halloween can we openly toy with the ideas of evil, murder and gruesome death and paranormal activity. And that's just walking down the aisle at the grocery store. And the more money we have... To throw at toys, the more exciting the experience becomes. Halloween has become a huge moneymaker for the industry, but all the glue-on vampire fangs at the year-round Halloween stores will not fill the void that is still left. What the subconscious really craves is not to joke about axe murderers, but for our conscious mind to think about and mull over the death of our own of the ego the end of our dreams and the end of our loving relationships Halloween traditions give us the ability to try on costumes as alter egos confront shadow selves in the open and possibly even feel what it would be like to live as someone else in the next life but only through a spiritual process can we really deal with these concepts This is what makes Samhain a Sabbath and not just a secular holiday. The sacred lesson of Samhain is that death is not just something for our subconscious to play out, but death is something to be celebrated as the portal to renewal. The teachings of witchcraft show us that the rhythms and cycles of the natural world are also the rhythms and cycles of our energy and power. As witches, we recognise that we go through the same cycle that nature does. We can clearly see that nature dies off every fall, so that it can be renewed in the spring. It's a cycle that gives fertility to the soil, strengthens the species in nature, and allows for creativity and growth in the spring. For humans, we recognise this same process, both on the physical plane 
and on a metaphorical plane. Physical death releases us from this existence to move on to whatever is beyond. Although many lives have seemed to end before they have learned enough without death, our spirits would eventually reach a place where we were stagnant. At Samhain, we recognize and celebrate this process as a means of growth. Metaphorical death is something different and not quite as easy to understand. Practicing witches have long known that we do not need to just accept what comes our way. We have the ability to affect and change our environment, our situation, and most importantly, ourselves. The closer we come to living in harmony with the wheel of the year, the more things seem to just fall into place in our lives. But as we walk the wheel of the year, we often focus so much on manifesting change that we overlook a deeper lesson of the wheel, and that is acceptance. We get so involved in what we think we want, we begin to believe that we are settling for second best when we just accept what we have. This causes us to overlook or sometimes downright throw out our own gifts and talents from the goddess. The wisdom of the natural world tells us that there is a time to grow and build, but there is also a time to let the periphery die away. Samhain is that time, the time to let things go and die. Learning to ride with the flow of energy around us is truly internalising the old axiom that everything happens for a reason. Often we litter our brains with ideas that what could of what could have been or what we should have done differently. Although it's important to self-evaluate how we affect our surroundings with our behaviour, it is equally important to remember that everything that happened was supposed to happen and nothing else could have happened. With each action we take, we learn and grow. So even one hour after we made a decision, we are a changed person. We cannot impose our new learning onto our old selves and expect us to, be, to have behaved any differently. When we try to, we create havoc in our psyche and lock up our magic powers trying to move them backwards. This is an important lesson of the Devil Tarot card that comes out at Samhain. We need to learn to get those anxieties and get them to die away before we can fully move into the gifts of the coming year. Anxiety is an internal reaction that occurs when things do not happen or do not respond in the way that we expect them to. When we are anxious, we dampen our ability to receive energy and guidance because we are focusing on the perceived consequences of what is going to occur. Anxiety and fear hinder our abilities to be a part of the energies around us. As egotistical little beings, it is hard to give up our anxieties over what we don't want to happen. But perpetually, we experience times where the divine steps in and we do not get exactly what our ego wants, because it is against the goals of our higher selves. Witchcraft is just as much about accepting change as it is about creating change. 
In accepting change, we let our anxiety die away and experience the beautiful energy of the world. In creating change, we knowingly interact and push around those exact same energies. Samhain, the celebration of death, is also about accepting and celebrating the beauty of the natural energies of the universe and ourselves. This is the time when we ritually let the anxieties, the expectations, the desires for change and the thoughts of how things should be die away so that we can see and appreciate the way things actually are. With our ego released, we embark upon a period of self-discovery, acceptance and listening that will prepare us for the full appreciation of the mystery of rebirth at Yule. And that's what Grey Lady has to say about Samhain. So now I'm going to call an end to this show. Um, I'd like to thank you very, very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed hearing about Samhain. Uh, please forgive any mistakes that I happened to make as I was reading through all that, but it was a lot of reading and my brain's tired tonight. <laughs> it's been a long day. Anyway, I'm going to uh, play out with a final piece of music and then after that, I would like to take my leave of you and wish you the very best. So here we go with the final piece of music for today's show. I'll see you in a moment. Devil went down to Georgia, he was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind, he was way behind, he was willing to make a deal. He came across a young boy, song on a fiddle and playing it hot. The devil jumped up on a hickory stump, said, boy, I'll tell you what. Guess you didn't know it, I'm a fiddle player too. Now if you care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. You play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. Fiddle the gold against your soul to think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny, and it might be a sin. I'll take your bet, you're gonna regret I'm the best I've ever been. Johnny rounded up the boat and played in Phil Hall His health would push in Georgia when the devil deals with cars If you win, you'll get the shiny fiddle made of gold If you lose the devil, it's your soul So the devil opened up his case and says, I'll start the show. And fire flew from his fingertips as he rosined up his bow. He drew that bow across the strings and made evil hiss. The band of demons joined right in, they sounded something like this. Johnny said, well, you're pretty good, old son. Sit down on that chair out there and I'll show you how it's done. He played fire on the mountains, one boy's run. Devil's in the house of the rising sun. Chicken and red light taking up dough. Granny, you don't bite no chop, no.
laid that golden fiddle on the ground with Johnny's feet. And Johnny said, Devil, just come on back if you ever want to try again. I told you once you're selling a girl and the best I've ever been. There's fire on the mountains, one bush run. Devil's in the house of the rising sun. Chicken and bread by thinking up dough. Running your dog by no child, no. of magic was invented it was inspired by a true magician okay well that's uh, the end of the more, more or less the end of the show um, I would like to thank uh, the people that um, wrote the pieces that I've used including Grey Lady and Cerberus Bindweed and uh, whatever the first one was called and I really can't remember and I feel awful about that so I'm going to go back and I think it was Cariad um, let's find out. I lost it. It's gone. Where's it gone? Yes, it was called Car- the person called Cariad. So, um, thanks to them people, or those people, should I say? Very bad grammar. Very bad. Um, the music that you've heard in the show has been kindly provided by the artists concerned. Um, they have given us their permission, um, as a radio station to play the music out um, to you, the the listeners. Um, I would like to uh, say thank you very much to our studio engineer, Ben, for all his hard work in getting this up and running. And um, one of these days you will actually get a live broadcast rather than a recorded one. And God help you when that happens. <laughs> or the goddess help you, should I say. Anyway... Um, if you want to get in touch with us, I hope you do, um, and tell us what you think of the show. Um, you can email us, and uh, the general email is cauldronfm at mail.com, or if you want to be more specific, you can contact me at davethemerlin at mail.com. And if you want to advertise on our programmes, um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we do have um, a range of packages that we could do and you could sponsor a show or whatever. Um, and the email for that one, um, and if you put advertising in the subject, then we know what you're talking about. Uh, please send that to moonshadowmedia at mail.com. Um and that more or less is um, the end of the show. I would like to say that the thoughts and opinions that are expressed in this program are the thoughts of other people and not necessarily, although probably are, my own thoughts. Um, and again, finally, I would like to thank them very, very much for writing those articles. And uh, so the, all that remains is for me to say... I wish you the very, very best for Samhain. And uh, as you move forwards, go forth in peace. 
and I wish you love, light, and blessed be. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Cauldron FM is a Moonshadow Media Production. 